Welcome into the MMA Minutes. I'm your host, Sean Anderson, joined as always by Danny Gutierrez. What's going on, Sean? What's going on, everybody? How are you doing, Sean? Well, first off, they can't respond, and I'm doing pretty well. You know, I'm a little bit tired, but, you know. I was just saying a casual hello. I wasn't asking them how they were doing. It doesn't, well, I don't really care how they're doing. I think, I think the words were muttered, how you doing, everybody, and I'm just saying they can't respond. Maybe maybe they appreciate the gesture. We don't know. Um, but anyways, uh, yeah, I'm doing fine. You know, same old, same old. And we got, uh, I, I, I've been pumped up recently. We got uh, Conor McGregor and Mayweather doing we, their press tour. We've had a fight at least every weekend this month for July, for the yeah. week of July. It kicked off with a pay-per-view and then two fight nights, and then we got our third fight night right now. And we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the main card of Gastelum versus Weidman. It's happening on a UFC on Fox, actually. So this is not just a fight night. So this is one of the special ones. Is I it? thought it was Fox Sports 1. No, it's UFC on Fox. Well, there you go. I was wrong. Yeah. Fox so Sports. Prelim and main card on Fox. are on Fox. Um, it should be interesting. I mean, there's definitely been better Fox cards before. This I is think. a pretty stacked card for free TV, though. I don't know. I think this is. I think they could have. We done have better. been given title shots with Mighty Mouse and Dillashaw, and you know, but we have been spoiled before. But I mean, we've had a lot of fights this month, so I'm not overly upset about this fight. This the, is this is a very interesting fight. The last high stakes fight too. Yeah, I mean, the last one we had was uh, Demetrius defeating Wilson Hayes, and then yes. Rose Namajunas versus Waterson, which was a great fight. Whitaker defeated Jacare. Yes. I mean, that one I think was more loaded there. You look at 23, I think that was the one where Paige Van Zant fought. Um, yeah, it was, yeah, she got eaten up alive by uh, no, actually, Karate Hottie. It was, uh, the 23rd was, uh, UFC on Fox 23 was uh, Shevchenko versus Pena. That's that was right. a killer fight. That was then a good fight. Then you had uh, Jorge Masvidal defeat Cerrone, and Ganu beat Arlovsky, Jason Knight defeat Caceres, and that was a fun fight. Yeah, Even that prelim card was loaded, too. I don't know. I, th- I feel like this is one of the weaker, weaker Fox cards recently. Probably of the year. Anyways. But yeah. not of recent memory. We'll get into it anyways. Yeah. Uh, we're talking about the main card. There's some you know decent fights in the prelim and, and, and uh, the one for Fox and UFC Fight Pass, but we're going to skip over them. Uh, definitely watch out for that Chase Sherman fight, though, uh, versus Damian Grabowski because those guys can bang. Explosive. Uh, Chase Sherman just fought on UFC 211, and that was one of the funnest. Oh, well, I don't know about Yeah, it was, it was one of the most entertaining fights I've seen. Definitely one of the most sloppiest ones. It was a just ones. bleed fight, what you call it. Exactly. Just lead fight where they just let it all out there and just let it all in the cage and they just fought. And those are fun for the prelims. That's but good. Let's jump into the main cards where we're going to see more refined fights, more technical fights. The first fight on that one is a bantamweight fight between Jimmy Rivera and Thomas Almeida. Jimmy Rivera returned to the octagon after retiring Uriah Faber. Uh, Uriah Faber uh, lost at UFC 203. Last time Rivera stepped into an octagon, it was September 10th, 2010. He was supposed to fight. Brian Caraway, but Caraway pulled out, and then he did not. Uh, Jimmy Rivera did not accept the replacement fighter. Uh, so we're finally seeing Jimmy Rivera. He's twenty and one, and he's taking on Thomas Almeida, who last fought and defeated Albert Morales uh, on November sixteenth. So kind of long layoffs for both yes. these guys. Um, but both guys, Jimmy Rivera, twenty and one. Thomas Almeida with an impressive record, twenty two and one. His only loss coming to the current bantamweight champion, Cody, Cody Garbrandt. Garbrandt. So looking at these fights, two young guys, two guys with not a lot of blemishes on their record. How can each one of these guys attack each other and win this fight? Well, Jimmy Rivera is a karate-style fighter, uh, that he tra- the camp that he trains out of in New York. Um, he's very light on his feet, and he's got some pretty good wrestling, too. Thomas Almeida has some pretty good wrestling defense, and his Muay Thai is outstanding. He's mm-hmm. got some pretty explosive power in his hands, and his footwork, is, uh, it could improve, but he has been a little bit more lighter on his feet. But when he's light on his feet and when he's at his best, his boxing combinations are awesome, and his kicks are awesome. He's got very powerful kicks right 
right when he when he catches you at the end of his combinations he'll throw a kick in there he's got some sneaky knees and some cutting edge elbows quite literally um he's a stand-up fighter but jimmy rivera is an all-around mixed martial artist so this is going to be a very interesting fight to call um it would be interesting to see jimmy rivera mix up the striking with the takedowns because you saw you saw him give Uriah Faber a little bit more of a different look mm-hmm. he was you know threatening the takedown and he was e- eating him out on the outside with strikes and he's the shorter guy in this fight he's 5-4 against someone who's 5-7 5-8 I believe uh Thomas yep. Almeida's sure is, a, a, a bit taller than him yeah. four inches so in reach that's significant but Jimmy Rivera because of that karate background he's got that in and out footwork and we've seen guys like Leota Machida use that to their advantage throughout their careers so Joe Rogan's always uh, said it's like kind of like a wild game of tag so we're going to see who can who can win in this wild game of tag but I think Jimmy Rivera is going to take it. I think he's just going to edge Thomas Almeida a little bit. Almeida's five seven has a reach of seventy inches, where uh, Rivera has a uh, comes in at five four yes. and has a reach of sixty five uh, inches. So short obviously, and stocky yeah. too. But but that's one thing with Rivera. He's he's not a guy that really needs that length for setting up. I mean, he, he's a guy that's going to set up his takedowns, but he's not going to be a guy that's going to be you know standing and trading, especially with a no, guy he's like smarter Almeida. Than that. He's a very intelligent so fighter. So you're going to look for uh, you know him tr- to try to sprawl and tr- try to take him down. I, I'm going to take Almeida. I, I think Almeida, um, he had that setback against Garbrandt, but Garbrandt, I mean, he just kind of flustered him. I mean, Co- He's a beast. Cody was someone who he stood and traded with Almeida, and he was just hitting him hard. We see with, you know, he— I think he kind of threw him off with that uh, that crescent kick mm-hmm. that he that he uh, pulled off. That was kind of like a John Jones flying knee yeah. and a Shogun. It was just kind of like, whoa, well, that, that, he can do that. All right, and, and this is the fight. And we know Cody is one of the hardest hitters in, yeah. in, in the division. I mean, in all of— the UFC too. I mean, we saw Cody with this. He you know, hits hard. Fantastic footwork uh, in that cruise. He flatlines guys. Yeah, and and I think that's something where you look at Cody. Um, I think it's kind of you know a, a separate case when it comes to Almeida. I think that he was just going up against a, an unreal fighter. Uh, and Almeida is still young. He's still growing. I mean, he's 25 years old. He's still getting uh, his kind of feel in the octagon. So I think Almeida will be able to stop Rivera's takedowns and uh, defeat. Uh, Jimmy Rivera. I think it goes to the decision, though. I don't think uh, I do Almeida's too. Gonna knock I agree. I think I think Jimmy Rivera is way too smart and way too tough mm-hmm. to let it be a brawl, which is something that Thomas Almeida uh, kind of uh, and, and embellishes in, and that's when he takes advantage of those uh, angles. Is yeah. when is when you're in the pocket with him and he gets on, it gets in in you on an angle, and you don't you don't expect it, you don't see it coming. So yeah, I think that the movement from Jimmy Rivera is going to get it done. And, and I haven't seen Rivera tire out too much in, in his career. So no, I don't he's think got some very good. Yeah, and I don't think this is going to be something where, um, you know, Almeida's able to stop the takedowns um, and then, you know, finish him on the feet. I think that, I think, you know, Rivera will still be able to bounce up and move around. This is going to um, be a closely contested fight. I think, yeah, I think we're going to see like a 29-28 decision. I, I, could, I could totally see this being fight of the night, though. I think these two guys, uh, both young guys, both guys in, in really the start of their career, really haven't hit the, 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 the top end of their career yet. Um, going at it. Should be a fun fight. So uh, you're taking uh, Rivera. Rivera. I'm taking Almeida. Let's move on now to the next fight. A light heavyweight fight between Patrick Cummings and John Vellante. Patrick Cummings coming in off of a win over John Blakovich. I always mess up that name, but he's sitting in at 9-4. And, and John Vellante, uh, he's coming into this fight after a loss against Shogun at Belfort versus Gastelum back in March. Uh, so looking at this fight, John Vellante versus Patrick Cummings, who do you got? This is a very interesting fight to call as well. Uh, Patrick Cummings is a wrestler, but and his stand-up is developing, but it's kind of robotic. He kind of uh, he's a power puncher. He's got power in his hands. Did he train with DC? What's uh, he, he has a connection with DC, right? He, uh, he he trained with DC in the wrestling days. Okay. 
And what had happened was he got the call. He was maybe 2-0, 3-0? Okay, 4-0. Yeah. Before he fought DC, and he went in on a co-main event, and he got knocked out because DC's DC. Yeah. But then, uh, you know, he, he was successful. He utilized his wrestling background, and he was dominant with it. And we'll see if he could put together all of his mixed martial arts skills right now because both of these guys, and John Villani and Cummins, they're, they're kind of what you'd call late bloomers. I mean, John Villani, um, he's recently became a fighter. Um, you look at his record, he's been really busy for a recent fighter, you know, 15 and 8. Mm-hmm. Um, his original plans were to be a football player, um, but that didn't pan out, and he did have a wrestling background. And for a wrestler, he's actually a pretty good stand-up fighter. And training with guys like Chris Weidman at, at Longo Serra, he, he's ever improved his overall mixed martial arts game. Wrestled in college with Chris Weidman, uh-huh. too. So, um He's got some pretty good wrestling, but so does Patrick Cummins. Patrick Cummins has the advantage in the wrestling, though. He's a much more powerful wrestler, but Valani is a much more diverse striker, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Training with Longo and guys like Chris Weidman, he's able to utilize kicks and punches uh, in a way that I haven't seen Cummins use or utilize or take advantage of because Cummins throws very little kicks. He usually utilizes his boxing to initiate the takedown or to initiate the clinch to get into the takedown. Uh, usually when you catch him coming in uh, is when he weathers down. So I'm taking John Villani on this one. I'm taking the, the hometown hero on this one. Yeah, that's one, one thing. One of three <laughs> yeah, I mean, on this card. I, I, I'm kind of regretting uh, you know, going against Jimmy Rivera because he is four, from Jersey. Or four, I guess. Or five, yeah. Yeah, you're right. All yeah, because right. Jimmy Rivera is from Jersey, too, and it's taking place in Nassau. Um, I, I think John Vellante is going to get the win, too. I mean, you look at Patrick Cummings, he, he's a guy that really – when it, when he's facing tough competition, he's gonna lose. I mean, and I'm saying like top ten of the light heavyweight division. Yeah, he lost I mean, to Little Nog. Yeah, he lost to Little Nog. He lost to um, Open St. Peru. Lost to Glover. Lost to DC. I mean, it's something where and those fights weren't really even close. I mean, he got stopped uh, by Little Nog in the first round, second round but from Glover, first round by OSP, first round by DC. It's just something where I don't see Patrick Cummings ever taking that jump, and it's something where I I see you know John Vellante, and he's got the athletic background. He's got the Longo Sarah training. He's got the training partner in Chris Weidman. He's got the the hometown on his side. He's got I think, potential. I, yeah, I think I think that John Vellante is in a better position. I think that John Vellante um, will will, uh, will end up getting a win here. But I think it's going to be an interesting fight. I don't know if it's going to be a great fight because if if it turns into a wrestling fight, I know people aren't too entertained by uh, right. The, if it turns up to uh, if it turns into a, a clinch up against the cage. Now, granted, you know fans look at that and they're like, man, that's so boring. And it's like mm-hmm. you know they think they kind of armchair quarterback. It, which is like, yeah. oh, I can do that. It's extremely taxing on your body and taxing on your muscles to wrestle somebody off of you that's he- as heavy as you, if not maybe a little bit heavier, yeah. who weighs just as much as you. So this will be a grueling fight. It's going to be a dog fight. It's going to be interesting. Now let's move on to the co-main event, a featherweight fight between Dennis Bermudez and Darren Elkins. Elkins coming in off a win off of Mursad Bestic in UFC And that was one of the greatest, yeah, it was one of the greatest featherweight comebacks in UFC history. Yeah, I was about history. to say, he, he did come back in that one. Yes, he, he did. He was, getting, he, he was getting clocked by Mursad Bestic. He got we, knocked down in the second round, right? Or was it the third round and then he came back? It was the second round and then he came back in the third round. That fight was so long ago. UFC 209 seems years ago. That was when uh, Habib yeah. pulled out. I, been I think, really busy since then. I think I boycotted that one because because, because he pulled, pulled out, out yeah. and I was just I was just so depressed to watch that that uh <laughs> that whole thing uh he's taking on Dennis Bermudez is coming off uh, a loss actually against a uh, Korean zombie he's coming at 16 and 6 just lost to Chan Sung Jung uh on February 4th so two guys have been active of, of Reese 
recently Bermudez versus Elkins. Who do you like in this fight? I really do like Dennis Bermudez, but Darren Elkins can take it. And you saw that in his last fight against Versad Bektik. And that last fight, it was kind of like Darren Elkins was basically the sacrificial lamb to launch Mershad Bektik's career because Mershad Bektik was, I believe, was 12 and 0, 11 and 0. He was undefeated going into that fight, and he had a lot of confidence, and he's very explosive. He's a very talented, athletic guy. But Derek Derek Elkins is a zombie. <laughs> he is a zombie. He is a Terminator, man. He loves getting in there and putting on a show and going to war and training at Team Alpha Males only elevated his game. And you see that. You saw that in his last fight. He just would not stop, would not give up, and he fought till he won. He fought till he finished Mersad Bektik. He knocked him out, and he yeah. was on the back pedal. He knocked him out. He knocked out Bektik and when Bektik was clock, you know, cleaning his clock. So that was very that was a very impressive comeback. It kind of reminded me of Tim Boshushino kami in japan mm-hmm. that was uh that was a pretty awesome comeback dennis bermudez is coming off of a loss and this is in his hometown yeah um it's gonna be a very interesting fight i wonder where his head is at in this fight but this would be a very good fight to pro- to project him back into title contention because again chan sung jung was coming off of his time uh, with the korean military and dennis bermudez is going in there against somebody who took uh, who had taken a, a long, long layoff yeah. so um it was it, these both of these uh, featherweights are in a very interesting position. This is this whole card has turned into a very high stakes uh, fight position well, for each and every yeah. adversary. And one thing I want to bring up, obviously, uh, Dennis Bermudez has beaten guys like Max Holloway. I know that was early in Max's career. He's beaten Clay Guida. He's, he's gotten some big name wins out here, but he hasn't had you know uh, he hasn't been close enough to a title shot. And, and the guys he had he that has, seven fight win streak until uh, Ricardo Lamas. And Ricardo Lamas, and then he lost to Jeremy Stevens, and then he just lost to Chan Sung Young, and he's two and three in his last fights. Um, and you look at Darren Elkins when he faces those higher names of the UFC, Charles Oliveira, Chad Mendes, Jeremy Stevens, Hakron Diaz, all lost four of those fights. I mean, he, he really you know thrives against lower opponents. I mean, Diego Brandao, he had a win over Diego Brandao. Um, but that was a that, tough fight, too, and Diego yep. Brandao is a heavy puncher, and he did put hands on Derek Elkins, but, but Derek Elkins utilized that wrestling to nullify that. But outside of that, he really doesn't have, have a huge win. I mean, maybe Chess Skelly, if you, if you want to take in. Well, Chess Skelly, I mean, he, he just Chess lost Skelly's Jason a tough Knight guy, too. but he just lost, uh, and that was a great fight, too. Yeah, uh, but ultimately what I'm trying to say is Elkins has never been able to rise up against those big opponents. He's and, never and, made it over that hump. Yeah, and and I would say the same for Dennis Bermudez. Again, outside of Max Holloway, but that was a young Max Holloway, he hasn't really been able to beat, you know, the top tier opponents. So Max looking Holloway's at, still young. <laughs> no, I'm saying but yeah, I'm saying like, that was young, young Max yeah. Holloway. Max Holloway's young now. I mean this was like Max was like twenty years old. Yeah. So looking at all this, do you think that Bermudez or Elkins, uh, do you think that it's in the back of their minds that, you know, this might be their one of their last shots or coming up to one of their last shots to really finally make a title run because again, the winner of this fight will be projected into title contention it'll they'll be two like they'll, top they'll, six they'll be, i don't they'll know be, they'll be, they'll be, i was just about to say they'll be, they'll maybe be two or three fights away from getting a title shot because right now um sure dog has bermudas as the eighth ranked featherweight in the world and uh ufc has him as the ninth and then elkins is the 11th okay so i mean so they're not far off. so i mean yeah they'll, they'll be pushed closer but still i mean you have frankie edgar you have max Holloway, you have jose aldo mm-hmm. you have um cub swanson i mean you have you yep. have you have a line in front of them so do you think that any of these guys will be able to i mean do you think one or the other will be able to rise to the occasion and, i think dennis Ramirez will rise to the occasion just because it's in his hometown and he's extremely motivated motivated Excuse me. Um, he's uh, fighting in front of his family. Uh, I I am taking Dennis Bermudez in this one. 
I'm going to go with Elkins, not just to disagree with you, but 4-0, I think the loss to Hakron Diaz, I mean, that was a long time ago, back in December 20 of 2014. I think, I think, I think Elkins is going to be able to put it together. I think Elkins is going to go on a five-fight five, five streak, uh, five-fight winning streak, because when you're down and out like that against, like he was against Bechtick, able to come back and, and then get the finish, I think that speaks a lot to his character. I think that speaks a lot to his drive. And I think, not saying that, you know, Bermuda isn't motivated, you know, isn't isn't all there. I just think that Elkins, like you said, going over to Team Alpha Male, I think that he's kind of putting it more together and, he, and he's pushing it towards something bigger. And I, I think that that's going to bode well for Elkins. But let's move on to the main event. Chris Weidman versus Kevin Gastelum in a middleweight fight. Kevin Gastelum did make weight. Chris Weidman did make weight. Gastelum coming in at uh, 185 points, uh, 185 and a half. Uh, Weidman coming in at 186. Uh, looking at Gastelum, uh, his last fight, um, he defeated Belfort, but then it was a no contest because no contest. he was smoking weed, um, which is still you know complete BS. I yeah ex- I agree. But, I think that's ridiculous. But, but when you look at what he, when you look at what has happened in his middleweight career, you know he defeated Victor Vitor Belfort, defeated Tim Kennedy. He's looked really good since he moved up to he middleweight. Beat up Johnny Hendricks, mm-hmm. and in his last he his beat, first middleweight fight, he beat up Nate Marquardt. Yeah, he did. Um, so I mean, he he's looked really nice, and he also won the Ultimate Fighter. Yes, he um, did at middleweight. At middleweight. So I mean, he he's a guy that's comfortable at this weight, and he's looked really good at this weight. And Chris Weidman has been a guy that's kind of been on the downturn. I mean, he started off his career thirteen and zero, defeating guys like Vitor Belfort, defeating Anderson Silva twice, defeating Lyoto Machido, uh, defeating Damian Maya, Mark Munoz. But then ever since the loss to Luke Rockhold, the he's loss to Yoel Romero, fight losing the streak. loss to Gegard. So I mean, and that loss on Gegard's kind of iffy because of that's the, a very controversial loss. Yeah, because of the the, the downed opponent. I but, felt as if the referee should have been paying a little bit more attention in that position. But nonetheless, I mean, still a three fight lo- losing streak for Chris Weidman. Yeah, and they're all they're all pretty devastating too. Will Chris be able to put it together here and get back on the winning side, or Gaslam being on this run, being more motivated, being at a comfortable weight where he's not you know cutting himself short like he was at welterweight? Right. Do you think that that bodes well for Gaslam? Because I, I think it's gonna be a great fight. It's, it is gonna be a great fight no matter what. But I am I think uh, the odds are in the favor of Gaslam because of the fact that he didn't have to cut so much weight. Um, he's very light on his feet. He's got some pretty good wrestling himself. In uh, tra- training at King's MMA with uh, uh, Master Rafael Cordero and former champions like Rafael Dos Anjos and Fabricio Verdum and Jake Ellenberger, it's really going to help him out. Um, so I really do believe that Calvin Gastelum is on another level because every he's only lost to two guys. That was Tyrone Woodley that was at 170, and that was when he missed weight, so mm-hmm. maybe he was a little bit drained in that fight. And then the next fight was against Neil Magny. And Neil Magny is one of the best welterweights in the UFC. And that was the main event fight. That was a five-round war. Again, that was at 170. Mm-hmm. Did he make weight for that fight? Did he make weight um, for that fight? I will check. But Neil Magny, I mean, I think most people, you know, you, you bring up that he's one of the best welterweights mm-hmm. in the world. But people do remember that he just lost to Lorenz Larkin. Right. And, and he just kind of sort of beat up Johnny Oh, Hendricks. he made weight. Uh, he did make weight. He though. That weight. was fight of the night uh, for Ultimate Fighter Latin America 2 finale. And then right um, after that, that I was mean, a split he, decision too. Yeah, it wasn't and, a unanimous. All right, and r- right after that, he went up. He went back up to middleweight, and he stayed at middleweight after destroying Nate Marquardt, making him quit after the second round. He was just making him tired. He couldn't get off of his stool. He looked awesome against Johnny Hendricks at UFC 200, and Hendricks was the one who didn't make weight. Mm-hmm. And then he fought Tim, Tim Kennedy, beat the crap out of Tim Kennedy, knocked him out, and then he looked 
outstanding against Belfort. But, I mean, Chris Weidman, he's in, he's in a position where it's like, where are you at in your career? Because in this, in this sport, you're as good as your last fight. And his last three fights... I mean, he didn't look bad against Gegard. Oh, he, he did beat. He was beating Yoel in the first two rounds. But that, I mean, you know, those were close to... Those the first, were closely contested. Those were, those were they two were, close they were, they were around a piece until the flying knee yeah, came in the third round. Yeah, and that was something round. where, you know, Chris kept throwing, you know, kept shooting, shooting. Uh-huh. Y'all timed it correctly. Yeah. And then you look at the the loss against Rockhold, he just threw a bad kick. Yeah, he threw a spinning wheel kick that he hadn't been training or practicing enough. And so it's he something got caught where, in a bad position. Yeah, and and that might have, you know, took down the confidence, but it doesn't look like he has he hasn't been there. He just wasn't able to put it all together yet. Right. So I still think that, you know, Chris is in a decent place in his career. I mean, he's still young, only three straight losses, but it's not like he's losing to bums. It's not like no. he's getting blown out in these fights. No. So I mean, when when we he's look, just getting caught. <laughs> yeah, and even he's, even he's the getting gig. caught slipping, which and, is the thing, and he's got to stay disciplined against someone like Calvin Gastelum because when Calvin Gastelum smells blood, he swarms on you. Mm-hmm. And, and looking at this right now, Chris Weidman is the underdog in this fight at uh, plus plus one hundred fifty odds. Um, I know we're we're not you know too much into betting, but looking no. at this, I mean, it, it, you know, looking at the fight, I don't know who you're going to take ultimately to win the fight, but. Looking at that, do you think that Weidman should be the underdog here? Do you think that, you know, the three losses are meaningful? I mean, he's still, again, in New York. Um, he's still, I mean, this is his third straight fight in New York. Fought on UFC 205. I mean. Fought at, what, 210 uh, against against Gegard. I mean, do you think that the New York thing is actually helping him, or do you think that's putting too much pressure on him? It could boost his confidence, but, I mean, it— it's it's a it's a completely different thing when you're when when you it, he could be nervous he could be nervous I mean he mm-hmm. fought in Madison Square Garden New York's not that far from his home in New Jersey and look what happened then he he must have been confident he had his family there and he was basically at home mm-hmm. and he felt comfortable until he got caught with the knee um, and in his last in his last fight with Musashi it was just a controversial position and they had to break it up and they had to you know go over the replay and then they declared it a TKO. And that was kind of a frustrating situation. So he could be extremely motivated, but, I mean, he could be very motivated. I'm not doubting that he isn't motivated. I, I could Not not motivated, but do you think there's a, a lot of pressure on him in this fight? Yeah, because, there's, there's, there's a lot of because, pressure on him in this fight. I mean, you look, you look before. He, he, he could potentially be fighting for his job. He could you, potentially you be fighting re- for his career. Do you think they'd release Chris Weidman? I mean, if he if he loses to guys like Gastelum, Musasi, Yoel Romero, who's four lo- four losses in a row, I crazier things have happened. I wouldn't put it past the UFC. Do you think they, they just they, give him a tune up fight after this? I mean, this is Chris Weidman, your former champion, and he did lose four fights straight, but it's not like he's. I mean, it's well, not like at, he was against look, bombs. Look at what happened to John Fitch. John, John Fitch, Fitch was a boring fighter. John though. Fitch, this is the, the John. Well, nonetheless, he was still a top ten welterweight. But he's still a boring John fighter. John Fitch, Jake, Jake Shields, John Fitch. Those guys weren't bringing in any revenue. It's it's something where you know Mighty Mouse. If he was if he was in a different division and you know he was not bringing. I'm not saying that. Well, there were Mighty rumors Mouse, that the UFC was almost going to sell the division. Yeah, but but what, I'm, but what I'm saying is like those those guys weren't bringing in money. Fields Shields wasn't bringing in money. Um, no, Fitch wasn't bringing any money. No, but Weidman's a guy that you know people can relate to, and it's not like he's a boring fighter. Weidman no, goes he, after he, guys. He, yeah, he he's out, he goes out there and puts it all on the line. Mm-hmm. But I mean, again, going back to John Fitch, he lost his he lost his title shot to GSP, and then he went on this crazy winning streak, and then he went to a draw with uh, BJ Penn, 
And then he lost uh, to Johnny Hendricks, who became a future champion. And then he had a three-round war with Eric Silva. And then he lost to Damian Maya. He got outdogged by Damian yeah. Maya. And then he got cut. So, you know, you lose you lose to Johnny Hendricks, you lose to Damian Maya, and you lose to GSP. You lose to three of the best in the world, and you get cut. So but again, he was you a lost. true fighter. True. But, I mean, four in a row... I mean, Keith Jardine even went on a five-fight losing streak. You look at guys like Leonard Garcia. Um, it it depends. It depends on his performance, uh, on his attitude. Um, I there is a lot of pressure on Chris Weidman in this fight. He is extremely motivated. I'm sure he's physically prepared for this fight. Mm-hmm. But all three of his last fights have been finishes. So I'm wondering how that how like in, in terms health wise how that's gonna play in this fight because Calvin Gastelum hits hard and he's explosive and Kelvin's not cutting weight no I mean, he's, he's not. he walks around at like 195 yeah so he's now he's only cut, ten pounds he, now he's only cutting ten pounds instead of 25 pounds right right was my math right yes yeah 25 pounds so I mean his body's gonna be in better shape I, I think ultimately I'm gonna go with Gastelum because, yeah I'm gonna go with Gastelum because too. he's 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 a hotter fighter right now he he. I, I think that he's you know cutting less weight. I think that benefits fighters more than we even think it does. He's got a lot um, of confidence. Chris Weidman does have the the reach and the height advantage over him. He does. He's um, the bigger guy. He's, he's a physically bigger guy. That that stare down. I mean, it looks unfair. I mean, Chris Weidman is like six four. Gaslam's stocky. Don't let that fool you because if you look at all of Gaslam's fights, oh, he's usually undersized. Yeah. He's, I'm just I'm just I'm picking Gaslam. I'm just saying. Like, yeah. Weidman still does have things in his favor. I mean, he still is. Uh, a fantastic wrestler. Yes, he still he has, is a fantastic wrestler. All American wrestler. He still has a, a, a you know great striking. So I think I think it's he's gonna a be really an good kickboxer. He's got very heavy hands. He's got excellent chokes. Mm-hmm. But I feel like the southpaw stance from Gastelum really is is very advantageous for him. He's very light on his feet as well. He got heavy hands and that wrestling too. He's very powerful in the clinch too. So this is going to be a very interesting fight. I, I mean, think there's less I, pressure on Gastelum. Yeah, too, so. I feel like Gastelum's just gonna just let it flow. So you're going Gaslam. Yeah. I'm going Gaslam. You're going Elkins? No, you're going. No, I'm going uh, 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 Bermudez. Bermudez. You're going Bermudez. I'm going Elkins. You're going. We're both going um, with pa- no John Vellante. And yes. you're going Rivera. I'm going Thomas Almeida. Yes. So those are our picks for UFC on Fox 25 or UFC on Fox. They're trapped the 25 part, but UFC on Fox. Weidman versus Gaslam, which is going to be the fight of the night out of those four. Which one's going to be the fight of, tonight? Yeah, well, which we one's agreed the... that Jimmy Rivera and Thomas Almeida, so I'm going for that one. I I think I think I'm going to go Wyvern Gaslam. I think it's going to be a good fight. I think just Gaslam's going to win this one. Uh, final thing I want to wrap up on: Have you been watching the Conor McGregor Floyd Mayweather stuff? And uh, has who hasn't? It, has it lived up? Who hasn't? Um, uh, I mean, they did. A, in my opinion, they did a tour kind of abruptly. They kind of rushed it. I feel it was like the tour four was straight kind of, days. Yeah. yeah. Um. But I mean, it was fireworks. It was fireworks all around. It was very interesting. The first day, he had a uh, Conor McGregor was wearing a pinstripe uh, a, a pinstripe suit with and some ex- a, yes, with some explicit uh, wording going mm-hmm. down the suit in pinstripes. It was nice. It was clever. I was just like, oh, look at that. He's got a little. And apparently, he's got a clothing yeah. line coming out. Toronto was gotta my give me one, one of those suits. Yeah, Toronto was my favorite one where Floyd had the. <laughs> the I liked London him. when they were in the ring. Yeah, that was cool. That was cool. I, I liked Floyd, you know, putting the flag around him, and then Connor taking taking the bag. He's like, "There's, There's only, only five, five grand in here. <laughs> You're broke." And I like when he made it uh, rain on him, and he's like, "These are all ones." And he was calling, uh, "What's he called?" Uh, the guy from Showtime, a snake. 
Oh, uh, yeah. That was great. But I, I think it's definitely lived up to the hype. And it's got me more excited for this fight in typical Conor fashion. You were talking so much against this contest. I know. It was never going to happen that even if it does happen, Floyd's going to you know sweep Conor. <laughs> Floyd's going to sweep him. He's going to do it. I'm not going to talk myself out of it. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be honest. Again, you listen to Conor McGregor talk, and you're like, he's got a shot. The, did it, did it, he's got Sean, a shot. Sean, did it make you want to watch it? Was, did it make you want to watch? Did it? I say I was never going to watch it? Did I say <laughs> I was never going to watch it? You kind of made it seem like it talking I'm up spe- to it. I'm spending the hundred dollars so to watch I. this because either be Connor's those... going to get destroyed yeah. or Connor's going to knock him out somehow. And the play, I'm the whole world, crazy. yeah, history's going to be made that night, no matter what. On August 26th, I believe. Yeah, August 26th. Yeah. Um, if he wins that fight, he might be the greatest fighter of all time. I mean, like Connor. Yeah. I wonder I if mean, there's going to be a rematch. Come on. There'll probably be a rematch clause. Again, and even like I said, Floyd might throw the fight because he needs the money. So he, he might bet on himself, throw the fight, and then we'll see Connor versus Floyd too. Who, who doesn't love a tinfoil hat sports conspiracy theory? I love him. Those are I the mean, best. Oh, that, I mean, weirder things have happened. Look at Pacquiao uh-huh. Horn. Yeah, that was crazy. Anyways, uh, yeah. that's not getting the boxing. It's the name of my man. It's, um, should, be, <laughs> should be fun. We'll talk about that. Next week we got UFC 214, Jones versus Cormier too. You ever hear of him? Uh, I, yeah, I heard he's a guy coming back. Yeah, he's, a, he's a... Former drug user. Hopefully and, this fight happens. You know, right? Hopefully this fight happens. Because right? last time it didn't. Uh, it should be fun, though, obviously. Just kidding. Cormier versus Jones, too. Um, I'm interested to see what's going to happen. I'm going to see Avenger how Jones versus Cyborg. Yeah. And then Woodley versus Maya. We finally got Woodley versus Maya. I'm so excited for my boy Damien. Uh, <laughs> uh, and Robbie Lawler, Lawler versus is Cerrone. coming back. Yes, my favorite. Robbie Lawler's coming back uh, against Cowboy Cerrone. Yeah, and also uh, we got uh, Hannah Burrell versus Aljamain Sterling. That's, that's going to be a good be, one. That's an interesting fight because it's at catch weight at 140. Mm-hmm. I wonder um, if uh, this is a test for Hannah Burrell to go back down to 135 because he's expressed that he wanted yeah. to. But this they're could cyborging be, him. They're right. cyborging him. This could be uh, Aljamain going up to 145. I don't yeah, know. We'll it'll be an interesting fight. And uh, Ricardo Lamas versus Jason Knight. That's gonna be a fun fight. Yeah, Those all two these guys fights are great. Yeah, uh, I don't. I don't know about the Jimmy Manoa Volkan Ozdemir fight, but that's gonna. I that's, like Volkan Ozdemir. But that's gonna. That's that's backup coverage yes. because then if John Jones falls out, then you throw in Jimmy Manoa, and then you got to still you still got a title fight. Yep. Um, out of those title fights, before you know, we'll give them a little bit of tease. Which one are you most excited for? DC Jones, Woodley, Maya. Or Cyborg Avenger. Oh, DC Jones by far. It was kind of unfair to put three or two other title fights to undermine this card. Excuse me. No, it's backup. But, it's backup because you got Cyborg on it and yeah. you have uh, John Jones on a, but, on a card. Dana White did say that John Jones is never going to headlight another card ever again. We know that that's not. There needs to be a, a website of Dana yeah. White lies because there he lies every time he opens his mouth. There's a, there's so many pictures online where it's like the memento. You, you've seen memento, right? Where <laughs> yeah. it's like don't believe his lies, and it's a picture of Dana White. It's great. I'll show it to you later. Uh, anyways, this is gonna wrap up the MMA minutes. We'll see you next week for UFC 214 preview. Yes. Thank you so much for watching. This that was Danny Gutierrez. I'm Sean Anderson. We'll see you next time.